Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. Welcome back. We're back from our hiatus. We're back. I hated that I sang that, but like it felt <laughs> it felt like it needed to happen. I don't know. It did. That was very um reminded me of Alana from Broad City. Oh my god. That's you know, she's always like honestly, things. That's true. I'm gonna take that as a compliment. It was. I love her, I but also she in Broad City, her character is very stressful. Um moving on. <laughs> Guys, welcome to us. <laughs> this welcome. episode's welcome to our lives. This episode's really just a catching up um, because we've been MIA for yes. a hot minute. Uh, for those of you who don't follow Miriam on social media, she has moved states. I have I, moved states. Yes, I was going to say. It's tragic for me to make it all about <laughs> me, even though I'm sure Miriam's sad to leave like the million of people she actually sees in New York. But I am devastated no it's very weird even though we've been recording remotely from each other for so long it does feel weird being in a different state and different time zones it's funny I was saying the reason we've been on hiatus is because both of our lives have been kind of in chaos for a little bit but Emily reminded me don't call it chaos life is just in flux and so I don't even know if you remember telling me that, but you I did. I didn't until you just said that. And it's I've it been using like that. I've been telling that to everyone when they're like, how are you? I'm like, you know, life has been an influx. It does sound a little bit better than chaos. And I think it's an excellent descriptor of how things have been. So like I said, yeah, I moved. I moved from Brooklyn, New York to Houston, Texas. Um, big move. Big, very vibe. Very big move. Very different vibe. Um it's for my husband's job. He's doing a year of advanced medical training in Houston. So we made made the big move. And Emily, share your announcement. Um, well, as Miriam so <laughs> thoughtfully pointed out, um, I started a new job as a senior editor at Prevention Magazine, uh-huh. which is a health and lifestyle magazine owned by Hearst. It is a monthly magazine, and I'll be doing all things – all things uh, a senior editor would do. So top editing, writing, uh, you know, helping guide the writers of tomorrow. Um, I hate myself. That was a total (laughs) joke. But I just, I decided it was time for a change. I loved my time at Martha, but this has, uh, if there's anything Pancreas Pals, the, the community and Pancreas Pals, the actually work that Miriam and I do in producing this podcast for you has taught me. It's that I love health and wellness Mm -hmm. and even though I might not always be well or healthy (laughs) I um it's something that really speaks to me and ignites that passion I have and uh never shut up so I'm really excited for this role and Miriam was like oh they're gonna be like you she got another new job and I was like Miriam let me live my life I meant that out of Um, love as she did but it's true people in media roles tend to move around a lot um they do and I respect Emily because you're it's like the hustle you're always hustling you're always finding like a better fit a better opportunity a better just yeah I hope to stay at prevention for for a long time I feel like this Um, is a good fit for you Um, yeah I'm I'm really excited it's gonna be more rewarding and 
more up my alley. Yeah. I mean, I loved my time at Martha, and honestly, like, I already really missed the team. Everyone mm-hmm. on the team is so amazing. I just really wanted to lean into more of a health, wellness, beauty space, and I couldn't do that um, in my last position. So really all good things, but definitely in flux. Uh, Took a little bit of a pause personally because, A, Miriam was moving, and there's no way in hell that we were both going to be able to find time to record during that I still wanted Miriam to be an active co-host <laughs> and I'd rather just you know take a month pause than yes. than fill in with some uh, some very special pals that it just didn't feel as as necessary because honestly we're all living our lives this summer we it's back yes. to girl summer um, no one told Delta variant but that's here we, that's where we are <laughs> um it's not really back to girl summer for me anymore. I'm now like scared girl summer again, but yes. we don't have to get into that. No, no. Um, so yeah, we'll so do our best to not make this another another COVID <laughs> episode, but it's hard yeah. to avoid. But yeah, I think we were both just very stressed this summer. And I said, I'm so sorry, Emily. I cannot think about anything besides like bubble wrap and cardboard boxes. So I'll need to put the podcast on pause for a bit. But I made it in one piece, as did all of my stuff. So now and her blood sugar and my blood sugar, you know, stable enough. So we are back <laughs> That's on been the, the my blood sugar mantra of the summer. Stable, stable enough. enough. It's been um, like I've had a time with diabetes the last like month and mm-hmm. a half. I had my first real kinked pod. Um, I've never I've had a kink like an insulin pump where, mm-hmm. you know, a kink is where like for those of you who do injections or maybe are pancreatically capable um basically the tubing in my pump got bent and when it's bent to a certain degree you don't get insulin which you know kind of takes you back to your diagnosis and how awful going into dka diabetic ketoacidosis things like that i luckily did not reach dka i don't want anyone freaking out about that i'm fine but um yeah no i had a, a bad a bad few weeks honestly like I was fine but I just kept having I had a sensor failure from my Mm -hmm. Dexcom I had like three pod issues for my Omnipod and then on top of all that changing insurance because when you're 27 Mm -hmm. and your parents you can't be on your parents insurance anymore for those in the U.S. for those literally pretty much anywhere else that's listening (laughs) I'm sure you have nationalized health care so that's neither here nor there but yeah, that kinked pod really. Yeah, um, screw you up. And it's hard because sometimes, sometimes the your pump will kind of identify it and will no, will kind of alarm. It usually does. Usually yeah. does. But then every once in a while it doesn't, and so it take it's like, ugh, those are the worst. I mean, when you keep think, bolusing, keep waiting for it to come down, and then well, fine, also because I had I, it I was at Matt's cousin's wedding, um, mm-hmm. in Queens, and I'd had like. I wasn't drunk, but I literally had one drink. And usually after like an hour, that sends Mm -hmm. me going down. Um, And I was like 240, 250, Uh. 260, 300, three, whatever. And I was like, okay, now now I need to go change my pump. So I did. I changed my pump and I saw that it was kinked. But then when I put on a new pump, which by the way, I only brought one extra pump because Uh I'm pretty neurotic, but I'm not that neurotic to bring like a freaking box of pods. Um, I Plus it wouldn't have fit in my cute Brahmin bag, so (laughs) sue me. But... I changed my pump and I hit a vein oh. <laughs> and I was like it hurt really bad but it was like my last one and yes, I was you like, had to make it work and but also my blood sugar like the the blood from when it inserted mm-hmm. blocked it so again my blood sugar didn't go down I 
it was just it was a series of unfortunate mm-hmm. events and Matt is just like this is such a testament to all the partners and loved ones of people mm-hmm. with type 1 diabetes Matt was like so chill he was like let's go home and yeah. I was like no they're about to bring out dessert like <laughs> um and meanwhile I did I actually mm-hmm. have some uh, moderate ketones which really isn't that bad considering the fact that I didn't get any insulin delivered for literally five hours um but yeah that was like a it was just a series of unfortunate events between that and multiple Dexcom sensor issues Mm -hmm. um I'm sure if you follow us on Instagram you've seen one of my many I only go on Instagram now to complain about my very privileged asses like I I can't all I do is complain about my Dexcom or my Omnipod or health insurance you're venting yeah I just and I also feel like it's a safe space, a yeah. anyone in the pod, the pod, the pal community can can, can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also like I do think that a lot of us have a lot of tips and tricks. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you? when I'm like my Dexcom's a hundred points off, like what the hell is going on? I got like a million DMs being like, this happens to me too. But then yeah. half of those DMs were like, this only happens when I wear it on my stomach. Try it yeah. on your arm or like yeah. things like that. Are people where I learned from? I, I call her Nerds Can Fight, but Marie from Nerds Can Fight on Instagram. But I learned from her that sometimes, you know, when you get those sensor errors or like the question mark things on Denser, on Denser, on Dexcom sensors, um, she's like, sometimes it just means I'm dehydrated. So if I start drinking a lot of water, like the readings will come back. And I was like, no way. Oh my God. So granted, like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like that was a good tip. That's a um, really good tip. Yeah, you telling me about this woe just – I literally forgot about it till just now. And when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, I have to, like, tell the pancreas pals. Um, but I had – before we moved, we, like, went up to Stephen's um, – my husband's parents' house, my in-laws' house, for a night or two to kind of, you know, you know, drop things off at their house before we moved and see them, whatever, like our last hurrah. And I knew the first night we were there that my Dexcom was set to be, like, expiring. So I brought one extra Dexcom sensor with me. And, again, trying not to be neurotic. Normally, (laughs) I would pack, like, three because I'm crazy. And I kept saying, listen, I'm only, like – like You're not crazy. You've had the lived experience. I've had the lived experience. So I only brought one. And for some reason – and so this is an aside, but lately my Dexcoms have, like, not been working well on my stomach. And I love putting them on my stomach. It's my go-to spot. Lately, like, without fail, by day six or seven of my sensor period, um, I'll start getting a bunch of errors. I'll get inaccurate readings. It'll just be, like, a lot of, like, blank, blank readings. Um, Like, without fail, whenever I put it on my stomach. So I've just started really putting them on my arms. When you're putting the sensors on your arms, sometimes it's like an awkward angle and there's kind of crazy. And for some reason, when we were at his parents' house, my Dexcom had just expired. I was getting ready to put it on my arm and I had this thought like, oh shit, I really hope this isn't one of those sensors that like goes in weird or has an issue because no. I don't have any backups. So I put it in and have you ever had it where the applicator, the sensor applicator no. won't come off? Yes, I've had that twice and it I've, is so painful. It was and so frustrating. So I've only had that one other time and I was able to kind of maneuver it and shake it around and it would pop off. But this one on my arm, nothing. And I remember having seen other people on Instagram what they did with it. Like I remember specifically like Jillian, it, right? T1D chick, yeah. she like slaps it with like a wooden spoon and it kind of like pop, like releases the whatever yeah. stuck in the applicator. So the then, applicator yeah, will kind of pop off. Um, 
nothing. So we are my I'm like trying to hit it with things. My husband's like whacking it with a spoon. Like we are trying to At least everything. you weren't home alone. It happened to me when I was home alone once. And, ugh, it's crazy. So we are trying like crazy nut like it will not budge. Um, so I, I like had to give up. I pulled the whole thing off. I was so frustrated because it was also, this was like at 1130 at night already. No. It was one of those nights where like I had had ice cream. I had like a carby You needed, yeah. You felt like you wanted to, the extra help. Exactly. I needed a Dexcom that night. I wanted the comfort of the Dexcom that night. And it was just like bad timing. And I was so frustrated because I only brought one when I normally bring like a million extra. So it was like not a good night. And for for whatever reason, I hadn't pulled off my old Dexcom sensor yet. Usually I pull that off, I wipe it off, and then I put on a new one. For some reason, I went out of order. I put the new sensor on, which obviously be. didn't work, but I kept my old one on. So now I'm like, huh, if this was back on an old Dexcom, if this was like the G5 sensor, G4, I could just restart the sensor session, no problem. It was always so easy with those. G6 the makes it... The good old days. The good old days. G6 makes it very hard to kind of trick the system and restart a sensor. But I Googled because I... There are t- type ones on the interwebs are so freaking smart and have tried everything and have all these tricks. And so there's a million tricks of like how to try to make it work. So I was able to pop the actual transmitter out of the sensor site. The sensor site was still on my skin. Um, I was able to pop it out, which was very challenging because normally you have to like, normally break you, know, you have almost. to break yeah. it off kind of. Um, but I was able to pop it off, cleaned it up, waited like five, ten minutes to kind of let everything like relax I had stopped the sensor session on my on my Dexcom app and then I put the transmitter back in that old sensor site I started the new sensor um what do they call it? like a period a new sensor warm-up warm-up I started a new warm-up um when it asked me for the sensor code I just said no code and it worked I'm like oh my blown God. away um, I don't, I would not count on that. I don't think it always works, but for some reason it did. And I'm so grateful. It was not a particularly accurate sensor session, um, but it was better than nothing. But it nothing. got you through. It got me through. It was better than nothing. And I was very proud of myself. Um, I'm impressed. I'm proud. It was just like a comedy of errors. I felt like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But like, Honestly, thank God like I kept the, the old two sensor years. on my skin. So that the was last my biggest years exciting truly, adventure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you made it through. I'm also glad you had stove there because I literally had, I was home alone and I had done it. I can't remember the situation, but the applicator got stuck. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't release. And mm-hmm. it, when you first put on the adhesive or like when you first yeah. put on a sensor, the adhesive is very strong as very. it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically need like the jaws of life to pry <laughs> to it off it of off. you. Yeah. So I had like an actual, this is like probably a little late in the show for a trigger warning. So <laughs> like here's your warning, a little bit of a disgusting explanation of events. But I literally had like a hole in my stomach from having to yank it out Ugh. because it it wouldn't, I couldn't get it to release oh at gosh. all. I tried everything. Um, and for some reason it just, I mean, also like I, at that point, honestly, I was calm. Like I was panicking at first because it hurt and like also what, um, but yeah, so I had to rip it off because 
the adhesive was so strong and mm-hmm. I tried I like kind of got the edges up a little bit but the mm-hmm. actual part around the um catheter no not catheter I can't the remember wire, the wire yeah yeah whatever the tube thank you I can't speak <laughs> the tube is so strong obviously yeah. that's the, like the only time it's at its strongest like two yes. days later I'm sure it was like hanging yeah, on by yeah, a thread exactly. and I'm like why couldn't I have done this then but um yeah that was like a real I had to rip it off luckily yeah. it like wasn't a bleeder um it just really hurt and I had like a yeah. bruise that looked like I had lost <laughs> a battle with something sharp yeah but um it was definitely a time. I don't want to scare anyone who is has been wanting to try one of these devices. Oh, my gosh. No. Um, like, 98% of the time, they are perfect. Right. And even, honestly, like, when this applicator got stuck, it didn't – I wasn't in pain. But I think the needle had, like, released. So the needle wasn't in me anymore. But the applicator itself, like, wasn't releasing from the sensor. And gotcha. funnily enough, I must be – I don't know if it was, like, a bad box of sensors or something. Because funnily enough – the next sensor I put in at home, the same thing happened. But that time I was able to, you know, whack it with a wooden spoon and it released. But I've never had, I've had that happen like. Yeah, mine three got t- stuck with the needle in me. Ugh, yeah, that <laughs> one's painful. I've had this happen like in my years of Dexcom, right. which I don't know how to, how many it's been. I've had it happen three times and two of them were in like a two week period. So I think it was a yeah. bad box or something. I was diagnosed in 2014 so I'm like seven and a half years into diabetes and Mm -hmm. I've only had this happen twice and again like this is really only possible on the g6 because the other applicators was very different and honestly like those hurt in my opinion those hurt hurt way more like I used to have to brace myself to insert um but so like you know the grass is always greener but I'm still obviously super appreciative and hashtag blessed to have this stuff but when when our technology goes wrong, I mean, I was actually I was having my physical last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is your reminder to go to your doctor, even if it's not COVID related. <laughs> so to everyone who's been putting it off for a year and a half, now's your, now's your reminder. Just do it. Um, but I was at my GP and she was asking about my blood sugars, um, and I, you know, because every doctor wants to know about it, mm-hmm. even though you have a specialist who's an endocrinologist, but like happy to share. Mm-hmm. I love talking. So I was like, yeah, it's been pretty good. You know, whatever. I had like a bad week with all these sensor and um, insulin pod issues or insulin, po- <laughs> insulin pump issues. And she was like, what kind of issues? And I was like, oh, yeah, I had two pods that were leaking and one pod that got kinked, like one uh, tube that got kinked. And she was like, oh, my God, it never even occurred to me that <laughs> that these devices could also accidentally inhibit someone from getting their insulin. And I was like, yeah, it's not a perfect science. And she was like, that's so disturbing to me to think that my patients are actually giving themselves insulin, but they're not getting it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, Uh like I love, I love my GP. She's Mm -hmm. great. And I, you know, they don't really have to deal with this level of stuff. A lot of, uh, a lot of, I don't want to blanket it. A lot of other forms of diabetes don't necessarily need or use insulin pump therapy mm-hmm. um so i think there's not familiar and i think if they do that yeah. even if it was type 2 they would probably refer to an endocrinologist so, right because yeah. at the end of the day specialists are specialists for a reason yeah um but yeah i just kind of was like looking at her i was like yeah i know it sucks <laughs> and like just seeing the like compassion on her face and mm-hmm. i was like you're preaching to the choir here yeah. like it it's you know sometimes i feel like I have months where diabetes just feels a little bit more effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not months, weeks. And then I'll have like a really bad month where it's like yeah. no matter what I do, 
things go wrong and then I ultimately end up feeling like crap and it's like I still to this even though I've had diabetes for seven and a half years now Mm -hmm. sometimes I forget and I'm like why do I have such a bad headache Mm -hmm. like what the hell like and Matt will be like oh like how's your blood sugar and and I'll be like huh you know that's a good (laughs) question and it'll like be during my Dexcom warm-up period or my Dexcom will be like 30 points off which is all too frequent and that's the difference between like a 50 and an 80 reading so obviously I'm gonna feel the effects way worse when I'm at 50 as I would at an 80 blood sugar um so yeah he he like I just feel so lucky to have these great people around me but it just kills me because he didn't even know me before I had diabetes yeah but like here I am like it's the first thing he thinks of and I'm like I feel like I feel like this yeah I feel like I'm the opposite I'll be like I feel like shit but my blood sugar is fine I don't understand and Stephen will be like maybe you're just like dehydrated like normal (laughs) at least you have a doctor to talk to though like I'm like well what do you know Matt like (laughs) (laughs) if I have software engineering questions I'll hit you up but otherwise but sometimes it's like I forget that like oh yeah we can Besides diabetes, other yeah. normal human ailments can also occur to us. It's, you know, I, I think I it's my instinct to assume everything is diabetes related sometimes when, you know, it isn't always. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing kind of goes with like my time of the month. Like yeah. any, you know, anything that mm-hmm. I forget is reoccurring. I'm like, oh, what do I feel this way? But then half the time I attribute things that are definitely not to that, to that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I had my first migraine about like three weeks ago yeah I have to (laughs) this is another issue I have to go to the doctor for that soon I've never had a migraine before to anyone who suffers from migraines holy crap so much love to go out to you because I literally almost like threw up from such a bad headache and I'm like what is going on so I just I mean I'm sure it has 90% to do with all the screen time Screen time um, and stress and yeah. flux. <laughs> the, the previously flux. mentioned flux. But yeah, still, so ouch. it's always something. But um, yeah, it's it's a wild time. But at least you know this is so your reminder to go to your doctors, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that diabetes will all always be there. Hopefully, it mm-hmm. won't be. But mm-hmm. as long as we keep the other things in mind, it'll be. Um, it's more manageable. I'm sorry. My parents are in town right now because they partially moved to New York and they're sending me pictures of my dad having a cocktail, looking so happy. Aww. It's hysterical. That's Little cute. Nathan. Um, um, yeah. I guess I can talk. I'm trying to think what else we went through, but I guess I could talk about like moving my diabetes supplies because that was like a new yeah, because you guys drove that, too. You yeah, drove to we drove Texas from New York to Texas, which was long. It's like twenty five <laughs> hours of driving time. I actually, my husband and his friend drove with a moving truck. I kind of flew to the halfway point, which was in Atlanta, um, which is where my parents are. So I flew there, um, and the moving truck met us in Atlanta. So I had to figure out like supplies and my insulin so I knowing that my insurance was likely going to change and I've really my New York insurance was really excellent I had excellent coverage for insulin and supplies and everything so I really like replenished all of my supplies and all of my insulin before I moved just in case because I don't quite know what what how the coverage will be with this new Texas insurance 
definitely and recommend doing that anytime you change yes. insurance ever Just or jobs kind of or anything. Just cover your bases. So I had a lot of supplies, but I also had a lot of insulin. Supplies I was less concerned about. I can throw them all in a box and like be done with it. The insulin I was very nervous about because that's a lot of driving time and I had a lot of insulin. Um, I'm very lucky that my doctor over-prescribes how many vials I actually need and my Same. insurance actually covers it. You know, they kind of cover it, whether it's three vials or 10 vials, they will cover it for the same copay. Um, so we try to max it out as much as we can. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, but that led to having a lot of insulin in my fridge and figuring out how to get it. So there probably are easier ways to have done, do this. Um, it was a lot of insulin and I was very nervous about flying. Even if I put it in a big cooler, like I knew TSA would allow me to take it. It's medication. I have the prescription. Like I know TSA wouldn't like take my insulin, but it was so much. I honestly just wasn't sure how to, I'd need like a massive cooler. Um, and I just logistically, I couldn't figure out how to bring it on the plane to Atlanta. I couldn't figure out how to get it from Atlanta to Houston. It was just stressing me out. So what I ended up doing is I purchased I get most of my prescriptions and insulin through like mail order pharmacies. So my insulin right. gets, I think a lot of people do that. Um, so my insulin gets mailed to me and it always gets mailed to me in this like styrofoam cooler thing with all of these ice packs around it and it right. stays super cold. It's like super effective. So I went on Amazon. I found these like styrofoam cooler boxes. I bought a ton of ice packs, um, like gel ice packs that say they stay stay solid for like 48 hours. Um, and so I did that. So I packed a massive styrofoam box. I did it like with 12 little gel ice packs. I put all my insulin in there. I packed it all up. It was good to go. I shipped it from New York to my parents, overnight shipped it. Um, we were laughing. So my, we, Steven like came to me to the UPS store to like ship it off to set it up. And the UPS guy was like, what is the value of the items in this package? <laughs> And Stephen was like, well, uh, do you have insurance or no? And, the, you know, the guy laughed. But we are like, it's medication. So it's a lot. Um, you probably had, like, $30,000. Yeah, like, yeah. No, not, that's a lot. But at least $3,000 I mean, worth. I stockpile, too. Um, obviously not letting things expire. Like, I use yeah. what I have um, and will honestly donate what I can. Yes. Um, but... I probably have at least $20,000 worth in my fridge right now. It's crazy. Because if you think about it, like, that's what, like, I mean, $1,000 for a three-month supply for me. So, yeah. I have probably at least a year's worth. I'm not good at... That's crazy. I have, like... Yeah, I have a lot. I shipped, like, between 15 and 20 vials, probably, and I, I had Lantis, I had, you know, Humalog, I had LimeJet. Like, I've tried all oh, the different types. yeah. Um, I don't even have that. I just have my Novolog vi- or Humalog vials. No, I, I always have Lantis as, like, a backup in case my pump malfunctions. But um, I had a bunch. So we laughed because he was asking. And it was, I mean, it was a lot. It was expensive because the box was heavy and I was overnighting it. It was, like, over $200 to ship it. It's still a lot and, cheaper than exa- having to restock. And Stephen was like, is this worth it? I'm like, yeah. Like, for peace of mind, I just wanted to get it there. I wanted to get it there overnight. Um, so that was successful. My parents received it the next morning. Um, they said the ice packs were still like rock hard. Everything was cold. They immediately put it in the fridge. So like we were good to go. So then when I got to Atlanta um, and we were getting ready to drive from Atlanta to Houston, 
then we like repacked the cooler pack and it was at that point we were driving um it was like a 10 hour drive basically um that we split up into two days so we packed up the cooler pack again and it was made its way to houston still really cold so i was very relieved about the about that and then yeah pro tip you heard it here first (laughs) yeah pay a shit ton of money to ship your insulin I actually, I mean, that's like really, I don't think I would have been able to, I mean, I would have done what I had to do, but I don't trust the mail system based well, on the I amount did. of things that have gone I lost. I probably, yeah, I wouldn't have done the, I would not have done USPS. No offense right. to USPS. I, I think they're like an I mean, I've been treasure, burned too many times. But oh, exactly. They are. I will I, always support them, but not send them. medical supplies that exactly. way. Exactly. UPS, I was a little bit more trusting of because they have tracking, they have like insurance, et cetera. Um, so it worked. And then the rest of my supplies, I kind of split up. I, I basically put like a month's worth of pump and Dexum supplies in like a carry-on luggage to keep with me. Um, cause I wasn't quite sure like when are we going to unpack everything? When will I right. have easy access? And then the rest of my stuff, I just like packed in one big box, wrote big letters like diabetes supplies. <laughs> and success and steve drove it and steve drove it in the uha so it all made it here in one piece um we've like when i studied i'm sorry go ahead. i was gonna say we have more storage space in this apartment so it's i have like two full shelves in our linen closet that are just for diabetes supplies um love so to hear it it's very exciting to like organize that so yeah i gotta organize mine i just have stuff everywhere in my room it's getting to the point where like it's too much but when i studied abroad back in 2015 um I had to bring four months supply of Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. and I actually what they'll let you do is I mean I could do this I think it was like virgin air whatever that Uh thing is like I was able to alert them that I needed a special medical bag Mm -hmm. so I literally packed a duffel bag as a carry-on and it was just chock full of all my supplies and had like three (laughs) three coolers like three uh lunch boxes worth of insulin and Mm -hmm. just kept that with me but there was a big delay and I was freaking out and I was like oh my god what am I going to do about all my insulin like my ice packs are melting um when in reality I think it would have been fine but uh the stewardess um Literally got, like, a vat of ice and just put all my stuff and, like, my insulin Aww. in there. She was so sweet. I mean, I'd also just been diagnosed so six months before that. So I was, like, yeah. really freaking out. Also, it completely slipped my mind that everywhere I was going while I was going abroad had nationalized health care. And I didn't need a prescription for I know. Biggest, insulin. So yes. Biggest regret. I should have – because I – similarly, when I studied abroad, I was trying to remember. I know – my parents came to visit me like halfway through my abroad semester. So they brought like a bunch of extra supplies too. We kind of planned for that knowing like, okay, I'll bring it to get me for the first three months and they'll bring me extra. Um, I cannot remember what I did with the insulin. I must have just brought it in like a little lunchbox or something with cooler packs. I mean, you've been diabetic for 23 years? How long? 24. Five, 25 and a half and I think in college especially I was like whatever like I just was yeah. so well, laissez-faire about the whole thing the so only reason it why like it not, sticks out yeah is because I was just diagnosed exactly. you know what I mean like I now I think back and I'm like oh I went to Israel on birthright mm-hmm. like how did 
I do that. And that was like three years ago or whatever. You know what I yeah, mean? I, yeah. that, I can't remember anything. So exactly. it's like, you made it. You didn't end up in a hospital. It must have been fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's just the anxiety level exactly. that sticks out to me. But yeah, also sure. her, that stewardess's kindness, flight attendant. That's I don't remember really what the PC thing is to say. Um, on that note, this has been an all over the place episode, but this is real. This is us. Welcome back to Pancreas Pals. Welcome we back. will have some more episodes um, coming up, but oh, yeah, I have one more request of the pals. Let's hear it. Any pals that live in Houston, Texas, first of all, let me know because I'm looking for friends. Second oh, of she's all, she's a great friend. <laughs> I can attest. I'll write a recommendation. Second of all, um, let me know if you have any recommendations for endocrinologists. I did get one really good recommendation from another type 1 diabetic that I found on Instagram. Um, so I have an appointment set up with that particular um, endo that they gave me. But I love hearing other opinions, other options, just in case this one doesn't work out. So if you like your doctor, let me know. Um, but also, yeah, just tell me about Houston because I just moved here. And all I, know right, all I know right now is it's really freaking hot. Yeah, maybe maybe stay in the air conditioning. Yeah. And eventually, if things ever get back to some kind of safety, normal situation, I'm sure Miriam would love to have a meetup yes. with her fellow pals For in Houston. Sure. And I'll definitely be hosting some stuff in New York. Yes. If that day comes, I guess I should be more optimistic and say when that day when comes. When that day comes, yes. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for making it through this episode <laughs> with us. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals, on Facebook at pancreas pals pp. Sign to our DMs on both. We love to hear from you. Also hit us up on our email, uh, pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. If you have any story ideas or any recommendations on who we should talk to, mm-hmm. what you want to know about, let us know. We love giving you what you ask for. And um, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We've missed you. And uh, yeah, we yeah. hope to hear from you soon. Talk soon. Bye, guys. Bye.